0: Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman And Stephen Craig. And this is episode 104, which is the numerical second anniversary of the podcast.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah 52 plus go. 52. Nice. We're going to celebrate this this like 102 years and like we're going to have a lot of anniversaries. Oh, yeah. Just gonna, because we can. Right? Because
0: then the actual anniversary, which happens to fall on the date, which was like February 2nd, something like that. 12th. 12th. Uh, all right, cool. So we're, this is the second numerical anniversary, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about, like, boards and PCBs we've been designing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stephen, fire away. So I have a new design
1: uh, for a synthesizer. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you would never guess. Actually, it's, it's, it's for a, uh, a utility, not necessarily a synth- synthesizer. I'm, I'm creating a, um, a device that converts MIDI codes to a voltage. Okay. Uh, because all my synths are controlled uh, with a control voltage, a 0 to 10 volt signal. Uh, that can represent a pitch. That can represent a modulation. So I got a
0: question. Yeah. Is an industrial, the most popular is like 4 to 25 milliamps? 4 to 20. 4 to 20. Okay, that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there... It'd be really interesting to do a current controlled. You could... I mean, there's nothing really yeah.
1: stopping that. Yeah. Uh, it just eats more juice out of it yeah uh the the
0: voltage side of things is um it's a lot easier to, it's to easier with. to measure because you, you you can do a not a quote non-invasive unquote measurements right. of voltage
1: the thing about 4 to 20 that's really convenient is you can do it generally independent of voltage uh, yep. So you can, you know, if you have a sensor that's a 1,000 feet away and you give it 24 volts, there's not actually going to be 24 volts there. But there's always going to be somewhere between 4 and 20 milliamps on that line. Yep. Uh, so
0: it's it's convenient for that. It's also uh, less noisy. So well, what's going to happen is you're going to have so many synths you will have to convert the 4 to 20 milliamp currents. Ooh. So that way you can run your long links of cable when you need to hook up that one special oscillator that you that's
1: want. A, that's like in the next house over. Yeah, next house over. <laughs> you know, at that point, you, you start getting real fancy and you do 4 to 20 with heart control. Uh, oh, like, it, like the digital current. Yeah. Where it switches on current and that's basically, it. you're going voltage to current and then current to a digital signal. Yeah. We've got to inception this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've actually never heard of that before. Heart control? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's basically, so heart control is a really interesting one because it sort of doesn't make sense if you think about it. But since the industry is so uh, slow to change uh, technology, since 4 to 20 is so ingrained in the knowledge or in in our industry, instead of converting it to a voltage signal, they made a digital current signal. Mm, Okay. And so you can, the thing is you can still do regular 4 to 20 and you can ride a digital signal on top of that.
0: Gotcha. So, oh, so it's like you're pulsing the current? Yep. Okay, that makes sense. PWC or what? How Pulse with current? Pulse width current, yeah. It's probably a thing. It, it, I guarantee
1: you it is. Yeah. So it's but the thing about it also is like there's like I think you, I think TI has a really good one. There's just chips that are just heart chips, and that's it. They control all your 4 to 20 and your heart control, and so you just power them up, and it makes everything super easy. Hmm. I got to look that up. It's a cool way to do industrial control, which I don't know what you'd use it for, but I guess... Industrial controls? Well, but I mean like (laughs) I'm saying you, what you would use it for. Oh. Something in your Jeep has to be controlled
0: with digital current. You need to do Digital current You need to have a heart-controlled something. Something in 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 there. Oh, boy. Well, that's like we were talking with Al Williams um, after the podcast, because we talked a little bit about the Jeep on that podcast, and um, I was talking about like the communication, and he wants me to do... An optical link, like fiber, do a fiber between the um, the in dash switch control box, brain box in the engine. Well, it's not really engine control, but it's in the engine bay. For what reason? Just, no noise. Just because
1: oh well, and that's, you'd have I a hundred. So. You'd have
0: you know a, a bazillion volt they, you know isolation between them. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Does it really matter? <laughs> no, Well, the thing is, you can use like SPDIF. Spidif? Spidif. I don't How know. do you pronounce that? S- I, th- I don't know. SPDIF? I don't know. Oh, is it SPDIF? I've, I've heard it SPDIF. Um You can just use that stuff and just run, you know, 115200 bot on it. Yeah. It'd be good.
1: I mean, couldn't you just do RS485?
0: Yeah, but it's not optical. It's not. La- it's like lasers, man. It's a laser. <laughs> it's also expensive as hell. <laughs> It's not in one off. It's not too bad. Should- if, if you're like doing this for like selling it and to like other Jeep people, yeah, you wouldn't do it. But if it's, you're building one off, it's like okay, it costs an extra ten bucks. Well, Ooh. I suppose
1: you as the user would be isolated uh, by a ton of optical isolation, so there's yeah. there's no chance of getting a bad shock.
0: Except that you're like sitting inside the vehicle. I just try to look at the sunny side of this. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So so back to back to my project. Yeah, back to your project, not so, my projects. <laughs> 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 we will get to those later.
1: Yeah. Um, so so I, I was looking at a lot of the, these devices exist. The MIDI to CV devices, where you put in a MIDI code, and based on the code, it just outputs some voltage. Uh, but one thing I noticed is. A lot of them have uh, what I feel is few outputs or too few outputs. Uh, like, a, a, you know, you'll spend like 300 bucks on a MIDI to CV converter and it'll have like two, maybe four outputs. And mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about it and I was like, MIDI has 16 channels. Why not have an output per channel?
0: What are you going to call this thing?
1: Uh, well,
0: so far it's called MIDI to CV. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I'm, well, I'm, 16, you can do like, what, what's 16? Because eight is octo. Oh shoot! Is there a name for base sixteen? Yeah. It's, oh, that'd be a cool
1: name for it. Base sixteen CV. That is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. You know, I was thinking it's kind of cool in a nerdy way, but okay. well, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, the, the whole synth world does like the space thing ah, fairly yeah. well. So you could you can name uh, these modules any space term. It has nothing had nothing to do, no to do with the module. It? Like you could call it zero gravity, and people would be like, "Hey, do you have a zero graph?" You know. <laughs> and like <laughs>
0: these nerds would get
1: it, you know, even though it has nothing to do with anything in there. Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah. Oh, you can call it the like hexa. Hexa? Is 16? H E X A. It could just be flat out called the hexa. the hexa. Yeah. Or you can you can go like nerdier. You can be like the 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 duo octo.
1: Ooh. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that one. I might do hexa.
0: <laughs> Fine. So um <laughs> Yeah. So, so back to basically, so now name solved. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The, That's the biggest problem with projects is name.
1: Actually, them. I have I have the faceplate pulled up on my computer right now in my design software. Uh, I'm. I'll, I'll change it right now. Hexa yeah, actually is changing it right yeah. now. There we go. Let me let me align let me align the text so it looks nice. Hexa. There we go. Um, so basically, this was uh, an exercise in semi precision. Uh, so I've got 16
0: different DACs and a bunch of different op amps to signal condition. There's got to be a word for semi precision because it's not precision. It's some, what it's not inaccurate. So somewhere in between.
1: What? What? what uh, what's what's a good That's, hexa th- precision? Hexa There we go.
0: It could be. You could say it's like. Um, it's a suggestion.
1: A suggestion. <laughs> Well, the, the, okay. So the thing is, like, you have to be within like a specific range with each of your voltages, or yeah, yeah. your pitch will be off. Yeah, yeah. But that range is fairly wide. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's fairly close. Like, it, you got to be within like eight millivolts, uh, or uh, four plus minus four of your target voltage.
0: That's pretty tight. Because when you're talking tight, about like yeah. you know a cheap LDO is going to have like a ripple of ten milliamps.
1: Right. Right. So so you have to have you have to have quiet power. You have to have a really good voltage reference. You have to have a DAC that you, you know all the errors in it. Uh, and then my output has to be 0 to 10 volts, but my DAC is only a 5-volt DAC with a 5-volt reference, mm-hmm. so I had to put in a, uh, a gain of 2. So I had to have an, an, a, yeah. an op amp that's accurate and a gain on the op amp that's accurate. And
0: so you're, you ha- I think the biggest thing with this this, I guess, project is going to be the power. Yeah, is because you need because you have that especially with that gain of two, you're going to be doubling whatever ripple your power rail is.
1: Uh, sort of yes. If if that leaks into the signal, I mean yeah. So so an op amp is going to have a um uh what's it, what do they call it power supply rejection ratio PSR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's going to have that. But yeah, if it leaks in somewhere else, then yeah, you 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 will. So you know, four millivolts is not like it's not like NASA grade but it's not it's also not necessarily the easiest thing in other words you're not going to get that from just like a breadboard and and
0: and a microchip this is pretty much you have to lay it out on a pcb to make it work well yeah
1: exactly so i'm doing a four-layer pcb on this
0: (gasps) idea what's that a pro level breadboard
1: what is it for breadboard steps No, it options. uses a super.
0: No, it's liquid nitrogen chilled, oh. and so the connections are are superconductors, superconductors, and so you have no loss in your connections. <laughs> you get right on that. <laughs> yeah. that. That sounds. You know, actually,
1: it sounds affordable.
0: This doesn't. It actually, it's not. It wouldn't be that hard to do. Just a whole bunch of liquid nitrogen pumped everywhere. Yeah. So you would take a breadboard, and then put a dielectric underneath it, so you couldn't short out anything. And if you, if anyone's ever like actually peeled breadboards off of like whatever substrate they're on, the backs of them are all exposed, so you can see all the, the 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 contacts. The contacts, yeah. Um, and so what you can do is just slather that with some dielectric grease and put it on a block of copper, and then in the block of copper, run your liquid nitrogen through and just like super chill it. <laughs> the
1: you know the the only thing that comes to mind that makes that uh uh not work so well is that it would chill the chips that are plugged into it
0: and change their characteristic by then yeah, being cold. Yeah a little bit. But then you do the opposite and you have like a little on top. broiler
1: above yeah. all yeah. your chips. And then
0: you have a <laughs> yeah and your feedback loop so you make sure your chips stay at like 25 C, which is like what everything's spec to.
1: Superconducting copper and your chips are like they're on the beach. Right yeah, right on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get on this. I, I expect to see a Kickstarter in a week or so In a week. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. There we go. <laughs>
0: and we won't fulfill it. <laughs> yeah, you so have to supply can, the liquid nitrogen. Yeah, drink. you have to supply liquid nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that might be the hardest thing.
1: The the brain of this device, um, I actually decided to go with
0: a Teensy. Uh, so I bought a Teensy three point six. Is, that's different from your previous synth. Which yeah, is I, a, did, uh, I did. Uh, Wait, what did your previous synthesizer use? Well, you guess. No, I you know. know no, I'm asking you. <laughs> I want to see what you say. It was a 328p. There you go. Good. Yeah. What, you uh, thought I didn't know what chip no, no, I used? No, no, no. I thought you were going to say Arduino.
1: <laughs> oh, And no. I've been
0: like, no! I used the 328p, but I put Arduino on it. There you go. Or you use Arduino libraries. Yeah. If you get stickily about it.
1: Well, I, I actually uploaded the bootloader. So okay. They yes, eh, okay. it it has uh, I didn't buy it as an Arduino. Yes. We we can yes. So it has a 328p on it. Yes. Uh and so on this device um I'm using a Teensy and not because I need to, mainly because I want to. Uh I wanted to buy one because I never actually played with it
0: and they're fast.
1: They are unbelievably fast for what you get. <laughs> I mean, I paid 40 bucks for it, which I actually overpaid, frankly. Uh, they're, they, they should be about 30 bucks, but I bought it with the headers pre-soldered and I just wanted to get up and going. So I paid the
0: extra 10 bucks and the headers aren't straight. No, no, they're, <laughs> they're very, they're very clearly like hand done by some, well, yeah. It's just like one is like, yeah, it's about it's about five degrees listed over so uh have you played with uh, any teensy no i know about them though no. okay they're actually really cool they 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 run teensy
1: duino so basically all of your standard commands in arduino can run on this You can, wiring y- you're right actually yeah all the wiring commands yeah parker's totally schooling me on my arduino <laughs> knowledge today we had a whole podcast we about did that. we did yeah <laughs> Um, we don't but, have it like, yet. Yeah, you, can, you can use the IDE, the Arduino Ar- ID, IDE, and yeah. all the wiring commands work on it. But it runs at a ripping 180 megahertz. Uh, so it's pretty damn fast for yeah. a little home gamer uh,
0: stick. And I, so, a question about it, though, yeah. is can you use a real IDE? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Something that gives you like a debugger?
1: Yes, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, it actually has it it's has a nice. whole set of debug pins. I, I brought I brought ah. a little postcard that has the uh, pinout of the uh, 3.6 on here. So it has a whole bunch of uh, functions available. You can do uh, an actual IDE on this if you so want to, but it, it but it comes with a a bootloader that's Arduino compatible. Neat. Yeah. So so it makes programming super easy, and the thing is. The Arduino, w- one of the big reasons why I got this is the Arduino bootloader will allow you to upload this to act as a USB MIDI host. Ah, so instead okay. of doing MIDI the traditional way where you have to serial pump everything into a pin yeah, and then like keep sniffing that pin, you literally just set this up as USB host and your computer detects it as a
0: USB device. Well, you're... The library you're using to do that is doing what you're saying. Though. Yeah, it's well, it's sniffing the USB pins. It's just I don't have to write that code. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and Someone, somebody way already, smarter than you and I wrote that code. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: and and the library is really nice because they already wrote it such that it detects any MIDI code. So like if I send it a clock signal, you can look at it on the serial monitor. It says I've received a clock. Or if you send channel three, it thinks you pressed a high C on a keyboard with a velocity of 35 it will send you all that data and it's already done so in terms of writing the code for this all i have to do is interpret the midi code into a DAC code and write it to spi to my DACs, and there we go it's done so i have to do like so simple
0: honestly that is
1: <laughs> <laughs> for for writing firmware that's all not a whole lot so i have to write like a, i have to write a very simple midi to um serial conversion mm-hmm and then I have to call the the uh, Arduino SPI bus, and that's it. So it makes it super easy, and with it ripping at 180 megahertz, which you can overclock to like 250 megahertz if you want, uh,
0: it, it'll... So that's the easy part. Then what's the hard part? What, what, is, what, what is the hard part? The precision part. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Yeah, so <laughs> w- uh,
1: the precision part uh, comes in with the whole... Like getting the DACs right, selecting the right DAC, understanding all the errors that come around that and the op amps, how they all interplay and looking at it as a a whole system as opposed to like individual items that produce error. Like how do they all like clump together Mm -hmm. into an error and like what's my budget? Because you always have error. What is my budget for how much error am I allowed to have? So, um, I think we're actually going to have a podcast talking about this like specifically. Yeah. So we'll we'll kind of dig into that in the future. Um and and I'm going to use this as sort of an example uh throughout there like the decisions I made, like which parts I chose and how it all kind of links together and like what my total error was.
0: So, that sounds like a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. So uh Stay we'll, tuned we'll, we'll, next time yeah, we'll, on the we'll episode of Macrofab Engineering Podcast, <laughs> where Steven goes super saiyan. <laughs> ah! <laughs> like three people got that.
1: Yeah, right. And it'll actually be like three episodes from now. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of talking in yeah, between. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so cool. Parker. Oh, so going back to that, though, it'd be really cool if we, like, we built, like, we talk about all the error and stuff, and then we... You built it, and then we measured it and made sure the error was within spec. I
1: think I know a guy who will send us a really high precision uh, uh, voltage meter. Yeah, and we can potentially look at that. I don't know. We might have to get in contact. Another
0: with Another seven digit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we we calibrated your um your. Uh, voltage reference that that calibration should be good for about a year. So. <laughs> you put a sticker on it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Calibrated by
0: SK, yeah, SK. There we go. Cool. Um, so my projects, yeah, um, I've been working with uh audio, which is kind of outside my wheelhouse. Um, but I'm actually, it's actually in the digital realm, <laughs> so it's on um i2s, which is like a um. It's a audio protocol that was developed by Philips, I want to say, in the 80s. I think it's Philips. Um, someone's going to be like, blah, 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 Wikipedia link, blah, blah, blah. But, um, <laughs> um, so I'm using the PCM5122, which is a I2S audio deck. And it does like up to like 32-bit, 48 kilohertz audio over that interface. 32-bit, yeah. Wow. I okay. think the Pi, because we're using it in conjunction with the Raspberry Pi, and I think it supports 24-bit, which is still crazy. Because the current, um, the current pin hack that runs on the Parallax Propeller, it has we do like four channels of audio at 22 kilohertz, and it's only like. Maybe eight bit, nine bit audio, so this is going to be a huge improvement. Like we'll get is that twenty
1: four bits on a five volt
0: line? Uh three point three volt line.
1: Wow. So I, I'm I'm just curious what um, what the the bit resolution is. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Oops, I'm I'm doing my maths wrong.
0: But yeah, the um, so I've been developing this board that will basically plug into our. Our rev 8 pin heck because the pin heck has a the new rev 8 has a header that you know breaks out the i2s and the i2c and all the stuff um, And so this will just basically be a daughter board that plugs in Because um, we just don't have the development time right now to like build it all into the board We're kind of at a rush because like we have to like show the new pinball machine at Texas pinball fest and that's in mid-march Oh, you got you got to get moving. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I already ordered the boards for this this the prototype. So, but the good thing is we just have to make sure the game the machine runs. And with like almost production level stuff. So, we have some prototypes. It's got to make some noises. Yeah. And it got to play and stuff.
1: So, yeah, 24 bits on a 3.3 volt line is about 200 nanovolts per bit. No, it's digital. Oh, my bad. My bad. I thought you were I thought you were no no, 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 no,
0: no! No, no, no! no, no, no! It's, it, no, no, no. it's um, digital. So you're spitting 24 bits times 44 kilohertz is what your sample rate is. So I got you. I got you. I thought you were breaking a 3.3 volt down. To no, flat, no, 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 no! That'd be crazy. Yeah, that would
1: be crazy. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta calculate this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. So yeah, it's that's a digital signal. Um, and so yeah, I built this little board and I started. Um, Looking at example boards that use this chip as well, like there's a board that's called the, um, and I didn't write down, it's the Pi 5 Rev 2, something like that. It basically is a daughter board that plugs into the, um, Raspberry Pi, like Model 3. Um, and it's like half the board is like through hole and the through hole parts are film caps. And they like film capped everything. Like, if you look up, like, they're, I can't remember what brand they were. Um, I mentioned them to you. They're like that they're low they're, cost brand. They're the, uh, are they the ones, the little red Wilma. boxes? Wima. Wima. W I M A? Yeah. So they have Wima caps all over it. They have uh, Nikon. Fine gold. Fine gold caps. Um, and they have precision audio resistors and shit all over the board. Oh, man, they subscribe to the wank. And it's all through hole. And I'm like. I'm not doing through hole. <laughs> I'm like anti through hole. So I started designing the board for surface mount only because just assembly is so much faster. Um, the fact that you, if you do all through hole, I mean, do all surface mount, there's like zero post, you know, reflow oven processing, which is awesome mm-hmm. for terms of getting your, you know, production out the door. You basically cut like a week off your low volume run. Um. Oh, yeah, there it is. PiFi DAC Plus V2.0 is what it's called. Um, so I started looking at film caps, right? And SMT film caps are really hard to find. And they're not cheap. They're okay price. I didn't think they were that expensive. But the main thing is, sir, sure, you can go on a Mauser and click film caps, SMT, and there'll be like thousands but the trick is you have to go into their data sheets and look at the reflow temps because film is a polymer. Polymers don't like to get really hot. <laughs> so that's why most of the film caps you see are through hole. Yep. Because through hole ones are very inexpensive because they're very easy to make. Whereas the SMT ones have to handle the reflow temps. And if you're doing lead free, it's still 10, 15 Celsius at peak temp. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking lead free, it's like 255. So, I found some, Philips makes some, um, Caps ECHU1 series, Um, so I'm going to try those out, and I decided to make three different versions of this board, same layout, um, but I'm changing up some of the parts on each version, so there's an A, B, and C, so A is like the most expensive version, it has all audio grade everything on it. The wank version, yeah. So, I, I, I'll i post a schematic with some circles on it. Um, you want to pull your schematic oh, yeah, out? yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Parker, yeah, give me handouts. So, if there's um, on that schematic, uh, there's bypass caps and there's the audio caps. Mm-hmm. So, the audio signal goes through the audio cast, and the bypass caps are the caps that are really close to the chip. Um, and so in the A version. All the capacitors and all the resistors are audio-grade stuff. And I'm using like thin film specific for audio resistors. And I'm using film caps for everything besides the bypass caps. And the bypass caps, I'm using fine golds. Well, the SMT of equivalent of fine gold from Nikkie I can't remember what they're called. Oh, they have they have a surface
1: mount fine gold version? No, well, unfortunately, they're not gold. Oh, okay, but, but do they say they're audio-grade? Yeah, the
0: audio-grade stuff. Um, so then the B version... Was I swapped out all the bypass caps? Basically, anything that wasn't in the audio path, I switched out for like the cheapest stuff I can find. So, like, I used the house parts for bypass caps and all that stuff. And then s- the C version, I went cheapest on everything, like so,
1: ceramic caps. And-
0: ceramic caps. I did choose N zero Gs for the for the audio caps okay. that are in the audio path because they don't have they don't they have the least amount of micro. Phonic resonance. Yep. That's right. I yep. think it's the right term. Yep. Um, which they don't actually, make, they don't make yeah. noise when you jiggle them. Yeah, exactly, and this is a pinball machine, so <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> they get jiggled. Um, and so those are the twenty-two nano farad caps that are on the um, the output there.
1: Mm, those are actually fairly large.
0: The, the funny thing is, those C zero C zero and, uh, and uh, G's are actually they're kind of expensive. C O G. Yeah,
1: C O G is the best. Um, Temperature coefficient that you can get for cap. They're pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Y five R and X five R. Those are like
0: X seven R is what I usually do use.
1: Those are like across the whole list. I can't remember the exact list, but those are uh, like COG is is the best uh, that you can get. And and when it comes to like stability over temperature and stability over like microphonics and things like that, COG. But you're always going to pay more for those.
0: Yeah. So those are are actually almost as expensive as film caps. Oh, yeah. And so I made these three versions, and so my idea is I'm going to get them in, and I'm going to test them and see if you can actually tell the difference between those three. I'm going to bet you they all sound the same, and so we'll just pick the cheapest one.
1: Well, okay, so I'm going to agree with that with a a slight caveat just because – I do believe that you could potentially hear the difference, but if you look at how few components are actually being changed yeah. on this, like if you had like a multi-stage amplifier with lots of gain stages that each had their own capacitors in it, you'd probably hear a difference because you have more components affecting yep. it. But you literally only have a couple of caps, and yeah. most of them are power. Yeah,
0: there's four <laughs> four bypass caps, and then there's um, there's two output resistors, yeah. And two output caps.
1: Yeah, you're not going to hear a difference.
0: I bet you actually changing the connector would be more beneficial <laughs> 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 to the overall performance. Probably. Um, so we're going to give that a shot. And the, the reason why is I'm actually writing an article or a series of articles for our blog here at Macrofab. And it's going to be um, the first one is like using the platform to influence your design decision. So what I did is I first actually uploaded my design. And I went, okay, we're going to build like 100 of these. So I typed in 100 and just went through the bomb and was like, oh, this part's really expensive still. It's like five bucks hmm. the whole bill material. I'm like, what if I just got rid of that and went with like a 10 cent part instead of a dollar? And so that's how what influenced this um, series of ABCs.
1: So we'll give that a shot. Shoot, you could do the old trick and, and knock off
0: bypass caps and see if it still works. Oh, that's that. What was that called? We were talking... Oh, man. And chat, I was talking about that. I can't remember what that... There's a term for that. That I didn't know that had, like, a, its own kind of... It does have its own term. Really? Yeah. And it, it was a... Um, it starts with an M. Uh, I, I, and it's a guy's name. Murphy? No. That's not Murphy's law. <laughs> it was an engineer. He was in the 70s, 80s? and No, it was in before that. He... he He did um, tube TVs. So this would be in the 60s. When he chop off caps? And he noticed that his engineers would over-design circuits, and so he would pull parts out of the tube TVs until they stopped working and then put that part back in. (laughs) And just right at the edge of working. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because most TVs were sold in cities, and so they didn't have to function out in the, you know, no, yeah, nowhere, they're, they're
1: going to be at 75, 76, and so
0: degrees. they're going to be really close to the towers. And so, you didn't yeah, have to right. have a perfect gain set up for your antenna, mm-hmm. yeah. The engineers were just being engineers, yeah. They're like, okay, this yeah. TV would basically work anywhere in the planet instead right. of just in the city,
1: right? Right, right. yeah. Well, and and you got to remember, your end user is beating the hell out of a steel ball as it bangs into a bunch of stuff. Oh, we're talking about pinball, not TVs now. <laughs> well, that's what I am saying, your <laughs> end user, yeah, yeah, pinball. So, like, they're not going to sit back and be like, man, I
0: can really tell that he used a film cap in there. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's why I did pick the, I I didn't want, um, uh, I did pick N0Gs just to get rid of, you know, microphonic stuff, but, so we'll give it a shot. See what happens. Um... But yeah, the big thing was over a hundred units. The difference between A and C. So A is like the most expensive, and C was the cheapest. Yeah, five bucks in quantity. Five bucks per unit. Yeah, that's a lot. So twenty-five bucks to twenty bucks. Yeah, and over five hundred games. Uh, it makes a big difference. It yes. And it's worth. I, I I know which one you're gonna go
1: with. Yeah, it <laughs> makes it makes
0: um. You know, spending forty bucks and a couple hours worth it. Oh yeah. So, because that's you know another prototype run was forty bucks. Um, and then the Pinhead Rev Eight prototype is—I was out on the floor earlier today and I saw the prototypes. The SNT is all done. Um, the color didn't turn out exactly how I thought it would because I went clear solder mask and then I put blue. silk didn't look that good. What's it look like? I need to go see it. I, um, I it's just it. hard to read the silk screen oh okay i thought it'd be a little bit more clear but the blue kind of muddies with the yellow the fr4 bit yeah 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 they look cool though so it goes back to being green (laughs) no well actually we use um for our boards we use matte red that's right yeah with a white solder mask uh silk screen um we were actually thinking about doing a matte purple al scooper do the Oh okay. No. Oh, oh,
1: I think you're saying Macrofab was doing. No, 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 I was our, about to say like
0: uh, our Rev O's Eight. Park. <laughs> no, no, our Rev Eight Pinhex will probably do uh, like a matte purple color to go with the the, the theme. Al, Alice Cooper theme. Cool. I always like doing like like when we did Jetsons, the Jetsons game, we did like a blue board. Yeah. So, and then for um everything else like Rob Zombie w- was when we did the matte red because it looks like blood it looked really awesome that's actually my favorite i wish i wish we at macfab we didn't do gloss red we didn't matte red because it just looks sick but it costs a lot more than just the gloss red because it's all custom just, uh rule of thumb that i learned the hard way
1: uh don't do matte black and red um silk screen yeah because it
0: just doesn't, you can't read it. And no,
1: it, what it ends up is you get you get a, a muddy b- black, like a like a yeah. like a, a matte black and brown. Yeah, and you cannot read it.
0: Yeah, and I would recommend not doing matte black or like a or white for prototypes because prototypes, the good thing is you want to see the traces yep. to figure out like oh we need to like cut this trace or like splice something. You cannot see them on white or black solder mask. It's a pain in the ass. You just can't see them. Yeah. Um, so That's actually where I went with clear. I think for all our spooky pinball prototypes, I'm just going to do clear from now on. Because it's just like, oh, that's the trace right there.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it's like incredibly easy to know that's prototype, prototype. not production. And, and then
0: production, you switch to color out. Yeah,
1: right.
0: So, yeah. Cool. I can't wait to get that done. So, sounds like
1: there's a lot of stuff spinning up now. Yeah. A lot of projects.
0: Um. So, yeah. Then we'll go on to the RFO. We'll spin right into that. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> um, so we only have one RFO, but we have kind of like a kickoff question after that. Okay. So this RFO is the PT8A2514A. Sounds exciting. It is exciting because it's a toaster controller. <laughs> this <laughs> And is, you gave me the data sheet. This point. is one of the coolest, like, single-use parts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I think one of our friends in the Slack channel posted this. So
1: made by a company called Pericom.
0: I think Diodes Inc. makes them. Oh, okay. Um, I think they bought Pericom or something like that. Because that toaster industry was just booming. So nuts, booming. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually going to look up for next week. I'm going to look up Pericom and see what else they make. See, if they are like <laughs> they just make kitchen appliance ICs. ICs, yeah. <laughs> Blunder. <laughs> hey, you know. Um, so the thing about this is. I, w- I really want to figure out if this is like a rebadged IC or this is actually like an ASIC. And looking at the pinout, I think it's an ASIC because it has on um, pin six, it has the os- the oscillator needs an external um, RC circuit to, I guess, oscillate correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually, what those pins do, <laughs> but but I know, I don't know of any microcontrollers that have that.
1: Ah, so you think they just kind of like built in a little oscillator circuit in there?
0: Yeah, and if you go through, where I is? love it because one of the pins is literally
1: called Bagel. Bagel, yes. <laughs> pin five fun. or pin three yeah. is Bagel.
0: So it's got a um, <laughs> it's got a, de- a a reheat, a defrost, and Bagel function. <laughs>
1: Which, which, <laughs> wait, is there just like a, do they have an example circuit yeah, yeah, in yeah. here? Oh, okay, okay.
0: Typical application circuit. Let me,
1: let me look at this. Okay, so, oh, uh, yep, okay, okay. From from what looks like a filtered power line, there's just a momentary switch called the bagel switch. <laughs> the bagel switch. And the yeah. bagel switch just applies power to the bagel pin, yep. which has an LED attached to yeah,
0: it. Yeah, so what happens is when you pull the um, pin up, I think that's how it works, uh-huh. you pull um, when you pull bagel up, okay, it turns the controller into the bagel function, right? But then then it outputs power, so it changes it to an output, right? Oh. And so it can light up the LED with the same pin.
1: Oh, that's, that's that, isn't that just neat?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, like, one of the coolest, like, chips I've seen in a Wait, long time. You know, we should probably get this chip yes! and turn it into something else. Else, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right, but it still has to have a button that says bagel. Bagel. On it. <laughs> <laughs> bagel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, this is. You know, I, the thing is, you I'm, can get these at Mauser. Last time I looked. Well, okay, I'm looking right now. I got my. I got yeah. my computer. Yeah, see if it, you can know, get. How much are they at Mauser? Let me find out. All right, uh, what I'll, I'll read it off for you. Ready? P- yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pickle. Okay. Uh huh. Tango. Toma- tomato. Okay, tomato. Okay. okay
1: yeah. Eight. Uh huh.
0: Apple. Uh huh. Two, five, one, four. Astronaut.
1: Ooh, apples and astronauts. <laughs> we got to change up. That's <laughs> the name of this podcast. <laughs> apples, apples and, and <laughs> Uh, right, look at that! Look at that! It's uh. Well, it's non-stocked with a factory uh, lead time of nine weeks, Whew. but uh, it's only ninety-seven cents in singles. You know, I should be a, a complete jerk to Mauser and order one of these <laughs> one chips, of the chips and wait nine <laughs> weeks for <laughs> at ninety-seven cents and pay their seven ninety-nine shipping. Okay, well, look at that. Uh, what, okay, wait. What, what? You know what's interesting? This is actually. Yeah. Okay. So it does say that it is um, diodes incorporated slash Paracom. So, but the thing is, the category that it's labeled under is timer
0: and support products. Yeah. So that if you click that, there's a lot of like one-off parts, the in the there. the specialty stuff, specialty parts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is like I've, I've when I looked at this, I've never been excited more about a part. <laughs>
1: This is hilarious.
0: Just because it's a chip with a bagel pin. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing. It comes in dip eight. So you can prototype with it. You could throw this. (laughs) On a breadboard. Maybe we should just make a toaster. Like make our
1: own toaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) I wonder if we can make a toaster element out of FR4. Just make like a trace that goes like
1: super crazy
0: across the whole thing. Yeah what if oh i got it it's that you can just drop the files onto macrofab and you can order like a toaster you can order toast or a toast <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you you we'll get the dev team working on that yeah no 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 right no, no i got it i got
0: it so you upload the board and it's this board right and then you build a project that describes how to make toast and you ship the toast out to the customers or wait this is even better we come, we somehow
1: make it such that you can get any layer you want from your gerbers toasted onto a piece of toast if you want your top copper layer in toast oh god you can do that <laughs> gerber to toast gerb g gerb, to t yeah i'm so
0: gerb toast gerb toast <laughs> This is great. We need to find more of these, like, wacky chips so, that are super that's specific. the next question. Okay. I, I think we've actually asked this question before, but I always love this question, is um, if you could design a chip, or if you could look online... Not design it. If you can just, like, go on Mauser and order a chip that did something, what would you pick?
1: Oh, Cause, like, cause, like an all-in-one kind of
0: package? Yeah, so back in the day when, like, before I, like, knew about circuits and stuff, I'd, like... I wanted, like, the one chip that would do what I wanted. Oh, right, right. Like, you wanted that specific function thing. And then once you learn how to, like, do a microcontroller, you're like, I can make any IC now. Right. So, you, you mean the point of yeah, any microcontroller? yes. a microcontroller, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. You know, wait,
1: wait. Actually, so I wonder how hard it would be to emulate the toaster controller in an FPGA. No, really that,
0: easy. Probably, like, ridiculously easy. Yeah, except it'd be, like, $12 instead of $0.90. Cents. cents
1: in singles. Yeah. Okay, so wait, wait. If uh, Let me look at it. I still got the page up. If you were going to do, like, I don't know, 25,000 toasters, which is probably a really low amount yeah. of toasters, they're
0: uh, $0.30. Cents. So. so you're probably talking, you contact Paracom directly, you probably get, like, $0.20. Cents.
1: Yeah, but if they're building like a but, but I bet toasters. you, Para, yeah, I bet you, Paracom's also like, how many millions of toasters do you want to build? <laughs> yeah. <you know>? three. <laughs> three, three units. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I had to pick a chip that did like one, it like did one thing, one thing. But that one thing is like, like a toaster function, yeah, which yeah. is like multiple things, but yeah. it's still like be one thing. Uh, let, me, let me think about it because. There's a lot of,
0: because hmm. remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the um, the IC that all it did was blink an LED. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's a similar thing,
1: like a stock Arduino.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Oh, it does. great! Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: shoot, that's a hard question because like there's just so many like good options. Um, You'd be like, I want a I want a chip that's a synthesizer. <laughs> Well, those actually exist. Uh, it's called a microcontroller <laughs> or a DSP. But like that's it's like more than that. Like yeah. this, this is like this is something that can't deeper than this is
0: something that's it's a chip that you don't program. Right, right. It is so it it's hard coded. It's hard coded to hard-coded do, like, to a, do function. a function, which is synthesizer. Like you can do like it has like 64 matrix key input and blah blah blah. But then that's like I think it's kind of cheating. For that that kind of answer.
1: Right, right. This has to be something that you don't think you would need it, but then once you have this chip, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so much easier.
0: Yeah. Like a toaster. Toaster. Toaster chip. Yeah. I like my blender thing.
1: Like like an all-in-one blender? Yeah. That has, like, what, speed control? Yeah, so
0: you had speed control and all the buttons on the front and all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe feedback for the motor.
1: Maybe like a temperature controller for a fridge or something like that. Yeah. That's not like super magical, though. Not like a bagel function.
0: No, not like a bagel function. That's the thing. is like you can do a microwave. Oh, so this is the thing. I had a microwave. This is really weird. I had a microwave before that had a dinner function. Really? Yes. You just had dinner? dinner. And so you pre- you put your fr- so it was for reheating food. It's so that's the hardest thing about reheating food is like getting it to the right temperature. Yeah. yeah. And so you just toss your food in and hit dinner and it would reheat whatever it is perfectly every single time. Wow. But it had I think the magic was it had a rotating, you know, thing in it. Yeah. But it also went side to side. Oh. So it went like four inches to the left and four inches to the right and spun. That's fancy. It was really fancy.
1: Yeah, I, I remember I, I had a, a microwave in the past that had a butter softening function. <laughs> that's so southern. <laughs> yeah, no, but but the thing that was crazy is like you would put a fresh stick of butter in there and press butter soften, and it would not melt the butter. It'd come out, and you could just spread it on toast oh, like perfect. Yeah, so like I don't. That, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. microwave. A microwave controller
0: that has the butter pin. The butter pin or I think if you had all those functions. Oh, so a potato like, pin. It's a it, potato. <laughs> you just flip that pin and it cooks
1: a mashed potato. Perfectly. Not a mashed potato. A, a baked potato perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Cheers. The, yeah. To the tato pin. <laughs> to the potato pin. Tato. <laughs> yeah,
0: there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would make my life a lot easier? An IC that just like, controlled a pinball machine. <laughs> you know... You know um, that's, all, that's all it did. But, oh, But, so but great. here's the thing. You've created that. It's about 12 inches long by about 6 inches high. Yeah, with like 300 parts on it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you got to program... You can't... You'd be like, oh, this is the pin... Oh, this is the, the controller for a space shuttle pinball machine. So it kind of doesn't work out. I'm thinking, like... Yeah, a it's a consumer device, so you have to build like millions of them, and then it does one thing. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird thing to think about. Hmm. Like, what what's an appliance you use all the time? Hmm. Washing machine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What? But but if but if you look at the if, well maybe my washing machine because i don't have like a fancy spaceship washing machine in fact funny enough i opened my washing machine in my dryer the other day like and what i mean by open is like unscrewed it and took all the crap out of it because i was trying to fix them uh there's not a lot of magic in there it's like no it's just like diverts 220 here and there you know uh so it, it there's not a lot of like smarts in a um washing machine Especially not a dryer. A dryer is like a motor and a heating element, and that's it. That's it. Like, and maybe if you're lucky, a timer. <laughs> you know,
0: my parents is though it like detects the moisture, so you get like just perfect. So too fancy. It is pretty fancy though.
1: It probably actually ends up saving you money throughout the year.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, costs well, the big and thing, best thing is is like, I never knew there could be four different levels of like dry. Wait, like in what ways? It's like kind of dry, mostly, dry. <laughs> mostly dry. <laughs> dry. Dry, dry. Dry, dry. <laughs> it's got like four different levels of dry. And you're just like, which level of dryness do you want? And it's like dry is, I want dry. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Actually, I got a little bit of beef on that. <laughs> and this, this goes towards engineers. Uh, this is not just a washer and dryer special here. Uh, this, is, this goes towards engineers. When it comes to like labeling and like doing your front panel, uh, and the, the, the things that people are going to interface with like have it make sense and and here's a great example my washer at home has four settings in terms of the size of the load it goes small, large extra large and super <laughs> super <laughs> okay small and large sort of makes sense but those are the two smallest ones <laughs> and like what is a super load of laundry I have no idea what it's a like super load you just go to laundry. McDonald's yeah i'll drop a super load at mcdonald's oh man <laughs> no like just give me small medium large like that makes sense to me large should be like i fill the entire tub with clothes but no
0: that that's like super load or whatever so it what would be like a weight setting or just like a graph that's like this is quarter half full
1: well like I mean, most people have a little bit of common sense. Like, don't be dumb and have it so the lid doesn't close. Don't put that much clothes in there. That's like an ultimate load. Like, small, medium, Ultra large. Load. Small would be like you're doing, like, three articles of clothing, and large means, like,
0: like, the whole thing is full. No, small is like, oh, I found a shirt underneath my bed. I didn't wash it. <laughs> yeah, and that, that shirt smells kind of funky. <laughs>
1: yes, that would be a small load, right. Yeah.
0: So... So, nope. a washing machine controller that's got an ultra setting.
1: <laughs> right, right. Where you can just run it with the lid open. <laughs> you can just keep throwing clothes yeah. in it.
0: <laughs> and the socks get teleported off to another dimension.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, This is going downhill really fast. Yeah, we should end this guy. Yeah, this is probably uh, time. Sign us out. All right,
0: that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were your hosts, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dillman. Take it easy. Later, everyone. Don't get sucked into the sock wormhole. Thank you, yes, you are a listener for downloading our show. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic you want Stephen and I to discuss, or a really cool idea for a one-off IC that does one thing, tweet us at MacFab or email us at podcast at MacFab.com. Also, check out our Slack channel. If you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, click that subscribe button. That way you get the latest map episode right when it releases. And please review us on iTunes. It helps the show stay visible and helps new listeners find us. And MacFab is hiring. Click that link.